Hello, this is Todd O'Brien, your host, and welcome to Evolve, the Entrepreneur Mindset. My name is Lars Buch, and my superpowers are getting shit done and empathy. And today I'm feeling alive being an entrepreneur. My guest today is an intriguing entrepreneur with an incredible journey in the startup and investment world. He ran the smartphone R&D division of Nokia during the smartphone disruption era. He is a shareholder in more than 40 startups and helped broker hundreds of investment deals from both sides of the table. He launched and ran multiple programs in Europe for Startup Bootcamp. He launched a corporate VC fund and he raised up a digital health ecosystem in Berlin. He recently established a startup bootcamp brand in Russia, and he now resides in Dubai, where he is running and launching many corporate partnerships and building some great ventures in the Middle East, North Africa, and Russia. Please welcome to the show, Lars Book. Thank you. Hey, thanks for being here with me today. We're actually in the United States. You don't live in the United States, but we're in Hartford, Connecticut, recording this episode. And you just have a really unique history about where you came from. And I think it's really interesting to start with the story of Nokia, um, which I love the way you say it. So you'll you'll say it different than me, but my American accent is Nokia. Um, But I'd love for you to tell our audience about your role and what you did at Nokia and how this all transpired. Yeah, so let's call it by its right name, Nokia. (laughs) (laughs) We never sold a lot of phones in US, so... (laughs) Maybe that's why. Exactly. Coming to Nokia was a big step for me into a tech-focused corporate world. It was also a place where my special talents of embracing change and pushing for deliveries and so on really thrived very well. So in the 11 years I spent in Nokia, I had 11 jobs under 12 different bosses and kind of managed to stay on that learning curve that that means so much for me as, a, as an entrepreneur today. Yeah. Um, of course, we hit the wall around uh, 2011. Suddenly my job changed drastically, literally overnight, changed from developing cool technology and uh, pushing out new phones in very high volumes. And the next day I was uh, starting to fire people. And for two years, I was uh, together with a couple of other people in charge of terminating the contracts of hundreds yeah, and thousands of engineers, actually. Hmm. But that brought me back into entrepreneurship. So change is good. Yeah, there's a really an interesting piece to this, too, about how the company approached this. And I think it's interesting the role that you played in that. And maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so one of the big values in, in Nokia back, back in the days uh, was very human. So from early on, it was clear that there would really be a focus on doing these terminations and kind of closing down the company, you could almost say, yeah. in, a, in a very human way. Hmm. So a couple of different initiatives was put in place. And one of them was the uh, Nokia incubator that was put in the world to help ex-employees create their own company. And, and go in that direction rather than being uh, hired in the next tech company. Yeah. Small disclaimer, <laughs> in the beginning, we were actually in the situation where we told everybody, you're fired, uh, but we need you to work hard the next 18 months <laughs> to deliver what we have promised. Yeah. 
in that situation, we kind of had some have to have some motivational goals for people to look forward to if we ask them to work still for almost two years. Yeah. One of them was this incubator. So you could say that it started as a motivational gimmick. <laughs> uh, we didn't expect to have that big a success, but we did offer to give between 25 and 100,000 euros for each project that was coming out of this uh, initiative. And two years later, we had uh, given that kind of money to almost 300 new startups. Wow. So so it kind of a huge success and, and a lot of these uh, companies are still alive and uh, hmm. have done well. And that's really kickstarted you into doing the work that you did with Startup Bootcamp. And I think you met them through that whole process and everything and started your whole journey on this. And that gave me the, uh, the luxury, very steep learning curve that for 18 months, I had an XVC uh, sitting next to me <laughs> and helping me to review uh, business plans from from these Nokia people. I was regularly uh, traveling to San Francisco. We engaged with a lot of VCs, with a lot of the, the big players in the ecosystem. Yeah. So it was kind of a head-on major learning for me to come into the back to the startup world and and especially see the world from a, from a venture point of view. Yeah, super cool. So you're Danish-born, and you're married to a wonderful Russian lady, and you have three sons. And you now live in Dubai. I mean, that is all over the world. But tell us about your journey from Copenhagen to Berlin to Dubai. Like, how has this been like being pulled and stretched? And I know spending even some time in Russia, too, as well. Yeah, uh, the gypsy life <laughs> or the, 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 the global citizen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as we try to explain it to the kids and uh, to each other. I've always traveled a lot. I had different kind of positions also already in Nokia, where I spend 100 to 150 days per year outside. So I was only a visitor in uh, back in Denmark. Yeah. So that went on for 10 years, then joined Startup Bootcamp, doing some corporate venturing. When I came back to Startup Bootcamp, it was to drive our digital health vertical. And the obvious place to do that was Berlin. Mm. So moved to Berlin for two years, but then spend a good half year in Moscow to set up shop there. And now ended up in Dubai. So you kind of get used to it. But it, it, it was three years in a suitcase. And now it's like, uh, now we almost feel like we landed yeah. uh, now. Yeah. I mean, it's more places than a lot of people ever live in their whole life, right? I'm sure the experience has been great. Let's talk about your superpower. Because your superpower is, well, there's two of them. It's get shit done, which I've known you now about three years. And I love this superpower about you, which I know is very true of just actually getting shit done, getting in there, making things happen. It's truly entrepreneurial about you. And then you have this other superpower of empathy. Let's talk about the dichotomy of those two superpowers working together in a harmony. How have you seen that play out in your life and in your journey as an entrepreneur? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I, I just remember that uh, in, a, in an education session in Nokia, when coming into the director layer, we had a lot of psychology and so on, and we tested a lot mm. to be placed in the right shelf, you could say. Yeah. And one of these uh, psychologists, uh, after one of these tests, they uh, they explained me that, uh, okay, so you score in the top 1% on empathy, <laughs> but you apparently don't get emotionally engaged to to what you find out about people. And I think actually that was the headline for why was it, why was I one of the guys that should start to terminate people when it hit the wall? Yeah. Because I really, really felt 
for these people, but I, I didn't have to go emotionally too deep into mm. the action. So I could focus on what is really the best possible scenario for this person to be terminated in a good way. Yeah. But I think nowadays, I mean, in my later entrepreneurship role, and especially from the venture point of view, to have this empathy and feel people, I think is a is a very strong skill when you set up teams, when you when you are deciding if you want to invest in somebody, to really be able to pick up small things as, a, as an intuition. Yeah. The get shit done is just, yeah, what can I say? I grew up on a farm <laughs> and uh, we were not asked if we wanted to do something. It was just get shit done. Yeah. It was not a big discussion. It was, uh, it, was so, it was a part of the life. Yeah. But I think it's served you really well in the work that you've had to do because there's been a lot of heavy lifting in some of the things that you've had to do. I have a friend in London, Piers Linney who is a serial entrepreneur. He was on Dragon's Den, which is the UK version of Shark Tank. So he's essentially the UK version of Mark Cuban? Yes. Love it. Piers is an amazing guy, and he told me the story about how startups were always coming up to him. Eventually, he was saying the same things over and over and over to people, and he decided to record it. And he ended up making 15 modules Amazing. That are on his YouTube channel. Okay. Yes, it is startup.peerslinney.com. P-I-E-R-S-L-I-N-N-E-Y.com. There you go. I was a spelling me champ in the fourth grade. So I think the coolest thing about his startup course to me is that you have the capability to pick different modules you'd like to take and just take those. And then you can also take the entire course and we have a 10% off we do. coupon And for it's that. Evolve 10. Evolve 10. And you can do it anywhere. It's all virtual. It's on his YouTube channel, startup.peerslinney.com. How has this entrepreneurial journey changed you? And, you know, let's say, let's say had you just chose a corporate life and just stayed in the corporate life, you'd probably be a very different person than you are today. But how do, how do you think you've been shaped by the entrepreneurial journey that you've been down? Good question. Yeah. What comes first, your personality or the journey? Hmm. Through my life, I have not done a lot of very well-planned decisions or developments or I've just been very opportunistic and ready to take a risk. And then I get super easily bored. Hmm. So that combination means that even back to the corporate time, when, when the boss stood up and said, we really have a problem here. Hmm. And everybody understood that nothing good is coming out of uh, taking that task. I just thought it would be fun to try if <laughs> we could get it done. Or so, so I think I always chose the hard way. And that, of course, changed you over yeah, time. Yeah. Because the more, the more hardship you, you go into, the, the more difficult you are to, to scare in the end. Yeah. And now I'm, uh, now I'm turning 50 very soon. So, yes, a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of difficult, weird projects. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people on this podcast who are parents. And uh, I love to ask the parents this question because I get a lot of different answers. But, you know, you work with a lot of startup companies and have in the past, too. You also have raised and are raising kids. 
And I think that there's a similarity there. <laughs> and I wonder, like, what have you learned through both your parenting journey that's helped you as an entrepreneur? And what have you learned of your entrepreneurial journey that's helped you as a parent? Think now, so, so now I'm also in this weird position that I have two sets, right? So I have two, <laughs> two adult sons. And then I have a little uh, new one where yeah. I can like see uh, see the story repeated. So I have a second chance to, yeah. uh, to even change stuff. <laughs> but I hope that what I'm giving my kids is that they are not scared of trying something new. Mm. And uh, they embrace risk a little bit more than the next guy. Yeah, I, I think in, in my early years, I felt different. But now I've landed on the right shelf among other entrepreneurs. And then I suddenly see that it's all the other lazy bastards spending their <laughs> life in, fo- in front of Netflix that are weird. Yeah. Uh, it's the entrepreneurs that are driving the world. And that is something that I really try to, to mm. give to the kids. Yeah. Who are, of course, super spoiled and, doing, <laughs> and I'm doing all the wrong things with them. Of course, there, there's not a lot of hardship there. <laughs> but, in, but I would also say in general, as I grow older, and comparing to startups, I, I find myself more and more in a position there where if I get the feeling that this is almost like raising kids with a startup, then I try to pass yeah. and, uh, and, and, and try to work with some adults instead. Yeah. Because of course that happens. Doing this work is, is hard. You know, you and I've been, you've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing it for a long time. It's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. But I know it also is good to have passion projects. And I wonder, like, what's going on for you right now? What are you passionate about? What do you, what's, what's cooking right now? Uh, that's not your work. Yeah. But can you, can you separate work and, uh, and, and life? <laughs> it's, the, it, it is very much the same thing. And it is, uh, I mean, I ended up getting, uh, getting married to a serial, serial entrepreneur because we speak the same language. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, yeah. Actually, right now I do have a, a passion project. When I landed in Dubai, I accidentally ran into a, a couple of guys uh, buying and selling cars. Yeah. And I was doing cars in my teenage days, mm. Mm. Uh, motorbikes, stuff like that. Uh, but here was this coming from Scandinavia where we have a high tax on cars. <laughs> I made this comparison that uh, the, the car price for used all new cars in Dubai was exactly 10% of what it would be in Denmark. Wow. So uh, I kind of got engaged with these guys a little bit and uh, and decided to help them invest in a couple of cars. So uh, so that's a little side project. And on the other hand, yeah, we. but I still expect a 25% profit out of it. So <laughs> You still so find not, a way to be entrepreneurial exactly, and get shit done. Exactly. <laughs> at the end of the it's, day. Not, it's not really just a, pay, a hobby. It's, it's, it's still a small yeah. startup. But it's funny how we view things through that lens, right? Once we get the taste for it and the feel for it, we view pretty much everything through that lens. This podcast is about the entrepreneur mindset. And we talk to, we talk to people about a lot of different things, about self-awareness, about mindset, about all sorts of things. I want to hear from you, like from a mindset of an entrepreneur, what do you think it really takes? And this is, this is maybe where we go a little bit into some advice you could also give to, um, to entrepreneurs about what it really takes to wake up every day and to get shit done and to move forward. Where's that mindset come from? Because it's not just something you, you have, it's something that you have to you have to adopt. Where did it come from in you and how can others find it? Some of the strongest 
kind of features in my entrepreneurial life comes very early in life. This whole get shit done culture is something that I'm have grown up with. Getting bored and doing something about that mm. is also something that I think is inside somewhere. Yeah. So so the main drivers is very early. And there is just a lot of lifestyle entrepreneurs today yeah. that doesn't last very long. Mm. As soon as the t- going gets tough, yeah. then we see people uh, ever so slowly backing out. Yeah. What I really, really like to see in entrepreneurs is is surviving hardship. That special caliber people can actually uh, take a beating and then come up and continue. Yeah. That's also the people I end up working with. Yeah. That uh, it is tough guys that uh, and girls that have been through a lot of hardship and then and then suddenly it's there or oh, it's not yeah <laughs> some <laughs> entrepreneurs all life without having a big pay right? yeah or something like that. so it's very much about enjoying the journey rather than focusing on a, on an endpoint and you have to be a little bit masochistic you, you have to have that drive to go the hard way yeah it's definitely what it takes Who's inspiring you right now? Are there certain, a book or a podcast or just watching somebody else uh, in life that's inspiring you right now? So I'm not really into a lot of heroes of, of, yeah. uh, of the famous guys. Yeah, I actually get very inspired by the young entrepreneurs that are fulfilling all this that I've just been talking about. I have a quite big portfolio and I'm very close to a lot of the founders. Mm. And see these guys and girls that have spent five, seven years on their startup. And I know how much they've been crying and whining. And <laughs> like, it's been really, really tough yeah. sometimes. And now I start to see some of these guys coming to coming to the exit phase. And see the, these young people grow with the, through the task at yeah. hand. Yeah. Every day learning, have to learn new stuff to deliver. I just find much more inspiration in that in my daily life than uh, than some some old dudes that already have lived a life and become wiser that's yeah. easy i like that a lot well, listen thank you so much for taking the time to do this and i wish you the best of luck thank you 